Thanks so much for listening to another podcast episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Bejarana Gutierrez. In our previous episode, I made mention of a statement by Gabriele Bocaccini that Jewish bricks do not necessarily constitute a Jewish house. Now, this was in reference to the rise of Christianity in the Second Temple period and the fact that even though there were many Jewish elements that it had absorbed and taken in, eventually, the simple fact that the majority of its adherents were non-Jews, and quite interestingly, the fact that Jews, that is to say Jews who were not adherents to the Christian movement, lost interest in Christianity aside from polemical pursuits or uh, polemical engagement, caused the Christian movement to deviate in a different trajectory. Now, the consequences of this disengagement and this different trajectory have been very devastating. And I believe that they have been much more devastating, of course, for Jews, without a doubt. Now, many Jews who read Bocaccini's statements will find them problematic without question. He argues that historically, both religious traditions are part of the same religion, which is, of course, a a shocking statement. Perhaps it would have been better to say that they both developed from the same foundation. Whatever the case, the scholar Yehuda Liebs also explained that proximity of the two religions is part of the issue. Quote, the spiritual affinity between the two religions, that is Judaism and Christianity, was among the causes for animosity between them. Christianity's challenge was the simultaneous adoption of the Jewish people's sacred text, while also rendering them null and void, at least as they applied to, well, to Jews. It was not only a matter of Christians choosing not to follow the mandates of the Torah, but it was the invalidation of the legitimacy of continued Jewish observance by Jews and their fidelity to the Torah. The goal was, in effect, the killing of the Torah. Now, many Christians may assume that what they designate as the Old Testament is fundamentally the same as the Tanakh of classical Judaism. The Tanakh is an acronym for the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim, formed from each word's first letters. The heart of this, of course, is the Torah itself, which comprises of the five books of Moses. In the Western Protestant canon, the Christian Old Testament corresponds roughly to what we call the Tanakh of traditional Judaism, as far as the books are concerned. Now, the canon of the Western Catholic tradition and the Eastern Orthodox churches differ in the inclusion of the Apocrypha and, in the individual case of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, the addition of works that were previously designated under the term Pseudopigrapha, that is, the Book of Enoch, for example, and the Book of Jubilees. Now, the Apocrypha, as well as the Pseudopigrapha, are Jewish texts without question from the Second Temple period. The inclusion of these texts from ancient Jewish tradition does not, quite amazingly, change the impact on the underlying issue of anti-Jewish sentiments historically present in the church, which of course is what we will be discussing. Now, many Protestant churches have adopted translations of the Old Testament, which are based on both the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, as well as the Masoretic tradition and other textual sources. Historically, however, Christian texts were were primarily based on the Septuagint or the Latin Vulgate rather than the Masoretic text itself. 
Traditional Judaism opted for Hebrew and Aramaic texts as the source of definitive authority. The textual differences between the Septuagint and the Masoretic texts, both ancient, I believe, have been the source of bitter contention between Jewish and Christian apologists. Polemical encounters between both groups, especially in the medieval period, continue to persist today, but that's not really the focus of our attention. The persistent use of the term Old Testament is a foremost source of the tension between the two communities. Interestingly, the extent to which the term is widespread can be seen even in Jewish academic institutions. The term is often used perhaps begrudgingly, but it does come up, as I can testify myself. The continued use of the term simultaneously, as the compulsion to convey the Old Testament's legitimacy in relation to the New Testament, highlights the problem. And that is to say that even when we would have conversations at the Siegel College of Judaic Studies or at the Spurtis Institute of Jewish Studies, there would be a discussion regarding the Tanakh, and inevitably someone would use the term Old Testament. Uh, Or even in a text that we were reading, because they were academic institutions, there would be some reference to it that would come up. And almost automatically, the conversation would often drift on to a comparison with the New Testament. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that because the New Testament, of course, is a document which gives us a tremendous amount of information on the Second Temple period. But there was almost this sense that we had to sort of justify the differences and explain the differences. Now, many people fail to understand why the simple use of terms can be so problematic. Is this not merely a product of our current world that demands political correctness? While some may argue this, anti-Judaism's reality and its tragic relation to violence against Jews should cause us to reject this view. The Protestant theologian Lloyd Gaston, whom I've mentioned before, defined anti-Judaism appropriately when he related that it is an effort to negate Judaism's essential traits that define it. This includes a belief in the oneness of God. This also entails the election of Israel at Sinai. Lastly, it consists of the idea of the Torah as the foundation of God's ongoing relationship with the people of Israel. Now, Gaston argued for a fourth potential point, which might characterize anti-Judaism. Attacking or undermining the relationship between God the people of Israel and Israel's land, that is the land of Israel, can undoubtedly be included. For the sake of simplicity, his focus remained on the previous mentioned ideas, that is to say, on God's relationship with the people of Israel, his oneness, uh, and this special relationship, the idea that God is, is active in his relationship with the Jewish people. Now, the purpose, of course, of this podcast is not to wage a war against Christians, But it is intended to challenge people to review the terms and the perspectives that they have. And as we continue in future episodes, we'll review these elements and why they are so important to the relationship between Judaism and Christianity.